At Progressive, we know there's nothing like the feeling of riding a motorcycle with your crew on the open road. It's a primal, wild freedom. A feeling that would be impossible to recreate on the radio. Until now. Hit it, sound effects guy. Hmm, no. You know, we really lost a stride at the end there. Get 24-7 roadside assistance with Progressive, America's number one motorcycle insurer. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Roadside assistance subject to policy terms and limits and may require comprehensive coverage. Welcome to the Highway Hi-Fi Podcast, where we go track by track through the underbelly of music history using research and trivia to locate the roots of our obsession with vinyl records. I'm Joe. And I'm Ryan. Congratulations. You have found the internet's finest podcast for music to listen to while you're alone in a heart-shaped hot tub. We're going to start this episode off with a little bit of trivia. You know more than I know. You know more. I'm going to start the trivia extravaganza off with a non-audio round that I'm going to call Quickle. It's oh, one no. you may remember. You go way deep in the uh, the old barrel, so to speak. Yeah, it's in it's in the pickle barrel. What I'm going to be doing is I'm going to give you some lines from a song. I will be replacing some of the words with the word pickle. And oh. I would like for you to tell me the song and the artist. Fuck. Okay. All right. Yep. Pickle quiz. Are you prepared? You can't possibly prepare for a pickle quiz. This one shouldn't be too difficult. All right. Here we go. She tells the same old pickle to everyone that she knows. She's just sitting in her room reading pickles about pickles. (laughs) It's books about UFOs by Husker Du. Very good, very good. Yeah. Okay, number two. I saw it written, and I saw it say, A pickle pickle is on its way, and none of you stand so tall. Pickle pickle, gonna get you all. <sighs> Pink Moon by Nick Drake. Very good. All right, see? Not so hard. Pickle pickle. Pickle pickle. Oh, yeah. I used all my pickle puns last time. You did. So. You used both of them, yeah. No, I had like, I had at least two. Yes, good, more than <laughs> two. Pickle puns are my bread and butter. Keep that in this time. I, I said that last time and you cut it out because I don't think you know about bread and butter pickles. You're a Yankee. Just gherkin your chain. <laughs> <laughs> That's a new one. Okay, number three. The most pickle thing about coming home to you is... The feeling of being in pickle again. It's the most pickle thing in the world. That is the mountain goats going to Georgia. It is. Very good. Well, remember we had, when we did our cover of it, is I got two big hams and a heart-pumping bacon. That's right. Oh, man, we got to dig that out. Yeah, that could be the first Highway Hi-Fi single. And then didn't we slow it down? We slowed it down so it would be the exact length of O'Malley's bar, if I remember. Number four. Charge it like a pickle. Hitmen wearing muzzles. Hesitate, you pickle. Look around, around. The second pickle drowned. His telephone is found. 
Okay. It's pavement. Um, can you read it? <laughs> can you read it one more time? <laughs> Charge it like a pickle. Hitman wearing muzzles. Hesitate, you pickle. Look around, around. That second pickle drowned. His telephone is found. Cut your hair. Yes. Right? Yep. Okay, Absolutely. Good. good one. Number five. What's a matter, pickle? Come on, save my pickle. <laughs> Drop a little pickle in my bowl. I ain't fooling. Drop a little <laughs> pickle in my bowl. Uh, that's sugar. Sugar in my bowl, but I need a Simone. Yep. I was going to do pickle in my pickle and not give you bowl, but I didn't want to make it too difficult. Yeah, that would have been tough. That wouldn't have been kosher. <laughs> you always find some that we haven't used before. This is That's great. It's the bottom of the jar. Number six. There was a pickle in the pickle barn. Pickle in the pickle barn. The pickles are bending over. The pickles are lying down. The pickles taking over. You can hear the pickles hound. Wow. It's really terrifying, um, as is. <laughs> the pickles bending over is just such a visceral <laughs> image. <laughs> They're flaccid at this point. <laughs> Read it one more time. There was a pickle in the pickle barn. Pickle in the pickle barn. The pickles are bending over. The pickles are lying down. The pickles taking over. You can hear the pickle hounds. Is it Piggies by the Beatles? I don't know. I have no idea. That's good guess. Uh, it's Murder in the Red Barn. Oh, okay. Tom Waits. I should have got that one. Speared me. Number seven. Pickle had a pickle tree and nothing more to bear <laughs> than a pair of silver pickles every year. The king and queen started for a visit to see Pickle about his pickle tree. Oh, that is uh, most definitely Michael and the Slipper Tree. Yes. By the, uh, why am I forgetting the name? Is it the Equals? Yes, it is. Very oh, good. Okay, good. Yeah, we've gone on record saying that is the best song ever. I've gone on record saying that about a hundred songs. Yes, I have too. Number eight, final one. When there's pickles to do, not because you gotta. When you run for pickle, not because you oughta. When you pickle your friends with no reason nada, the pickle I've named shall not be tamed. <laughs> that summer feeling by Jonathan Richmond. Yes, it is. Very good. The, the, pickle, I, the pickle I've named should not be tamed. Is, <laughs> it's a whole different song. It is. Okay, that's all I have. Hopefully somebody enjoyed that. Put a lint on it. So now I'm going to do the audio quiz. And this is where we play five clips. And what I need you to do, Joe, and uh, anybody playing along at home, is to just tell me the name of the artist. You can give me the name of the, of the song if you want, but I'm really more looking for the artist. And then at the end, I want you to tell me what's the theme that holds these five clips together. Are you ready? Sure. Track one. Two. Track three. 
Excited about getting to hear them again at the end. Some of them sound familiar. I think I have number four. I got think I got number four right away. Okay, good. We'll listen, we'll play them again, and you can have a second go at them, and then uh, you can take a guess at the theme. So if you're playing along at home, hang hang on at the end, and we'll uh, we'll let you know what the answers are. But for now, I think we're gonna go straight into our turntable talk. Everybody's talking at me I don't hear a word they're saying Only the echoes of my mind As a young man, Melville Dewey opted to discard the extraneous L and E from his Christian name, preferring the much snappier spelling M-E-L-V-I-L. Above all else, he valued organization and methodology. It was this obsession that led him to take on the task of completely overhauling the classification of the Amherst Library when he was hired on as a student assistant at the age of 21. He began to catalog using the clockwork efficiency of the metric decimal system, borrowing ideas from Sir Francis Bacon's dedicatory grouping of all knowledge into broader subjects and diminutive subcategories, while sprinkling in his own prejudices, of which there were plenty. A new library of economy was established where every work had its right place and could be accessed or buried away on demand. Music has no Dewey Decimal System, but presents a similar challenge to those who crave orderliness, which is part of the human condition. There are few straight lines in the history of popular music. Genres overlap and fold in on themselves and each other. Artists grab pieces of influences and culture and cram them together haphazardly, sometimes to dizzyingly brilliant degrees, though more often not. The sheer number of different instruments, sounds, ideas, and structures is mind-boggling in its immeasurability, and don't even get us started on all the types of metal music. Music is not easily stratified or classified, but its devotees demand it. Like Dewey and his disgust at the chaotic stacks of books, so too do record nerds feel compelled to establish nomenclature, which allows for easy reference and common jargon to explain away the mysterious nebulous sounds recorded by human beings. And the number one tool to assign order to the musical madness is subgenres. Northern Soul, Bedroom Psych, Shoegaze, Guillotine Coral, Nintendo Core, Lumberjack Country, Chipmunk Punk, Disco Polo, Wet Kimono, Neo Bop, Doom Zydeco, Lowercase, Neurofunk, Tex-Mex Prog, Schlager, Waffle House, Bad Jazz, Homoerotic Death Country, and Acid Polka. Bad Jazz is like 60% of jazz, though, right? (laughs) 
Yeah. Yeah. It's a, <laughs> what's the opposite of a subgenre? It's an uber genre. A macro genre? <laughs> yeah. It's, a, it's like a Venn diagram eating itself. <laughs> Though there has to be a moment of smashing the champagne across the bow and sending that subgenre to sea. Sometimes the naming of these musical subgenres are unheralded products of a zeitgeist. Trance, house, and ambient, for example. Sometimes you can pinpoint specific moments or people who make a resounding declaration of the style's title. Sometimes it's a bored DJ with a lot of clout, or a music critic looking for a clever phrase. Simon Reynolds, for example, created the name post-punk to describe a specific sound he was hearing that was different enough that it required a specific classification. Even deeper into the murky depths are the subgenres that have their own subgenres or microgenres, like progressive trance or dark ambient or Garth Kraut Americana. Yet still, there are musical movements that reside out in the culture that are known but unclaimed like a species of poisonous butterflies in the Amazonian rainforest that needs to be identified, classified, and preserved in a jar before their habitats are bulldozed and they are extinct forever. A perfect example of this is Nightbus. The Nightbus microgenre is really just vaporwave excrement. Vaporwave is basically nostalgia for a sad and creepy but also darkly humorous era of consumerism, mostly the 1980s and 90s. Think lounge, smooth jazz, and Muzak. It's not specific to music, but the music part of Vaporwave is what we're going to talk about today. Whether you're traveling home after the bars or across the country, night buses are available in most cities, and the experience of traveling in them is surprisingly comparable. The overriding theme of these mixes is a feeling of dystopian desolation, often through the sounds of 80s Japanese pop and Italo disco. In 2010, music critic Chris Ott released a mix he called Night Bus, and on this he featured such ho-hum tracks as Moonlight Mile and Eyes Without a Face, the Slow Jam remix. This mix was a culmination based on threads and in-jokes that started appearing during that same summer on the message board opinion. The first post regarding this musical aesthetic was probably by a user named Swag Motherfucker, <laughs> but it quickly became a community unto itself. One of the other primary curators of this genre is CFCF, who said of Nightbus music that it's about the intersection of personal experience and personal taste, and framing that through one specific type of experience. It's become a genre that isn't a genre at all. Nightbus, by way of Vaporwave, quickly spawned other experiential microgenres, including Morning Train, Dead Mall, which is sometimes referred to as Mallsoft, and VHS Pop. Our episode today is being co-hosted by two cosmonauts of musical taxonomy, Candace and Micah, who launched themselves into the darkest recesses of the musical spectrum and bring back the fragments of unremembered sounds out of the oblivion. They explore musical trends that are mostly forgotten or intentionally pushed away from mass society for its own protection. They have worked diligently to find homes for the square peg music that 
certainly exist, but is, as of yet, unrecognized as a cohesive microgenre. Music that is little known outside the basement-dwelling record trolls plastered to their discogs, mixed clouds, and YouTubes. Micah has a program on WFMU, the venerable leader of the freeform radio world, called Micah and the Music of Mind Control, that provides a weekly allotment of tunes from cults, new religious movements, and individuals of a spiritually inspired and divine nature. The show is as amazing as you might imagine, and even more terrifying than you could ever anticipate. Essential listening. Candace has also hosted several shows on WFMU about these microgenres that they're going to be talking about today. Seeing that this podcast was a safe haven for a vast assortment of lost and odd musical trends, Candace and Micah asked if they might be able to share three distinct but related microgenres that they had been researching extensively for some time. We were thrilled to have them guest host today to talk about the styles of the aforementioned Night Bus, Late Night Kmart Run, and Pink Motel. Each represents its own experiential sound where the songs are held together by the moods that they invoke rather than a specific set of rules or location in time and space. The music, primarily captured on singles, were created by private press or no-name labels with dreams of making it big or at least making a few bucks. Night Bus is the surreal and synthetic ambient echo chambers felt by anonymous nocturnal public transportation riders. Late Night Grocery Run is the sound of mostly empty, fluorescent-lit 24-hour stores where the lonely souls shopping shuffle listlessly to the tunes of cut-rate R&B that acts as a lyrical version of Muzak. Pink Motel, the most lascivious of this collective, is the public-access funk and low-rent grooves that play out of broken television speakers in an hourly-rate motel as a backdrop for cheap sex and cheaper champagne. The mood of these microgenres provides a faded snapshot of the 1980s, when music was supposed to enhance nighttime carnal pleasure, but in actuality illuminated the sad realities of unrealized expectations and loneliness, unless that was just me. A depraved combination of the excess and frivolity of popular styles of the time, R&B, disco, funk, AOR, and synthpop, Candace and Micah give us context of the music and the process of identifying, grouping, and naming these distinct musical forms through internet, DJ, and mixtape culture. Most importantly, they share the essential tracks from each of these night breeds of pop music. So change your stain-encrusted silk sheets, dim the lights, pour yourself a fluid of pink champagne, or maybe the more apropos, night train and lay back as we discuss the nostalgic reverence and putrescence of three fairly new microgenres that were ripped out of the 1980s. I'm gonna love you in every single way Take my hand And love this lonely man 
Um, a few years ago, uh, there was, or I guess there still is, a list called Hipinion. Hipinion is a online message board that focuses mostly on... Um, I guess it's kind of like a Reddit thing, almost. It was sort of like a subreddit type of thing uh, about maybe electronica or um, vaporwave or something. And there was an entry about night bus and the experience of listening to music on a bus late at night and the connection with the public access show from Toronto in the 1980s called Nightwalk and Night Ride. Nightwalk and Night Ride were basically closing video filler for when the station would go out for the night at like three o'clock in the morning or whatever. And what it was, was just a steady cam roving the streets of Toronto late at night with some very cheap sounding jazz and lounge music going on. And it has an extremely surreal, low budget, hallucinatory quality to it, especially with the music mysterious it's very it's a bit of mystery (laughs) and intrigue yeah the music is like i think they uh they used a lot of local talent like canadian piano jazz talent but it all sounds very amateurish and cheap (laughs) and the 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 it all lends itself to what i describe as the closest cinema has ever come to an out-of-body experience. (laughs) Uh, You know, I remember in the 90s or whatever, everyone was going to these IMAX movies. Oh, yeah. And I had no interest in that because it was just so over-the-top cinematic experience where you feel like you're actually there or whatever, you know, the sort of sense around cinematic experience. That doesn't interest me. I I don't get like any kind of, astral travel cinema experience to me this is the real astral travel cinema audio video experience night walk and night bus i can watch these things on a loop for hours at end i feel like i'm 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 literally leaving my body and traveling back in time to toronto in the 1980s (laughs) especially with this sort of like surreal quality because it's on a steady cam so it ha- it's like you can't tell that the guy is walking. It's just like this steady mechanical movement of the camera going through space. But also in, in Night Ride, I'm wondering, I forgot, is it a cab? And if so, who's in the back of the cab? Like that, I was well, that's the wondering. thing. You're you are the you are in the back of the cab. Uh, okay, that's okay, like okay. The, the the viewer. Okay, I wasn't sure if I was in the back of the cab or someone that, else was in the back. That's of the what cab. I meant. It's like an out of body experience where you are and you see you and you don't see the driver. The driver is of divine or the driver is God. <laughs> the idea is that it's a gestalt experience. Your soul has migrated through the television screen and you are 
in this moment, like in this surreal alternate reality. And the, the music mm-hmm. really lends itself to that feeling. And we uh, discovered that having a playlist that reflects this sort of 1980s, early 90s cheapness is sort of reflective of the whole night ride, night walk experience. So this is a micro genre, night bus, and then the related uh, genres, late night grocery run, a.k.a. Attention Kmart shoppers Mm -hmm. and um, Pink Motel. Now, late night grocery run was born out of the concept of people who cannot go out in daylight for whatever reason. Well, I I also just want to add, it's born out of a lot of things. It's like American hikikomori. It's agoraphobes. It's just people who are night owls who just need to get some Pringles and paper towels and other things and want to wander around a grocery store. It's people who have different work shifts. I was a night owl myself, so I encountered like all these like different kinds of people roaming around and it just seemed like it was yeah it was a very surreal experience and then the music that would play uh just set the tone and it just stuck with me all these years yeah and it's the same kind of experience with this sort of fluorescent lighting and it's very late at night and um there is uh, music coming over the speakers and it's reimagined that instead of like, you know, what you would expect at a Kmart in the eighties, like sting or Dolly Parton, it's all these uh, C list nobodies. It's sort of when, when I first was kind of learning about it, it seemed like it was sort of the musical replacement for Muzak. It's sort of like if R and B was Muzak, yeah. I mean, it's sort of like they needed something just to fill the atmosphere of these stores so it didn't seem so it's like such a desperate situation. Yeah, but remember yeah. this is this is the middle of the night, so it's not your it's not the same kind of stuff they would play in the daytime like Sting or Dolly Parton. These are like C-list nobodies who are sort of like imitations of like the AOR Top twenty. Mm-hmm. Well, well, here's what here's what I was trying to do. I was um, doing a lot of projects late at night, and I was staying up listening on YouTube. They had all these Kmart reel reels, and a lot of them were Muzak. And but towards the late late eighties and early nineties, it started venturing into smooth pop. And things like soft Janet Jackson songs. So I was listening to those songs, and that's what sparked this idea, like like to not do Muzak so much, but soft AOR pop songs and stuff like that. Right. So that is that's basically what uh, late night grocery run slash attention Kmart shoppers is all about. Can you all go back and explain Akikomori for me again? These are people who are shut-ins. Some of them don't even leave their room if they live with their parents. And 
a lot of these people are on the younger age spectrum, like in their early 20s and such. But there is a growing number of American hikikomori, but also known as agoraphobics. Mm -hmm. But they are considering themselves hikikomori. But I mean, there are different levels and different degrees of hikikomori, I think. Like some people are to the point where they do not leave their room and others can go out to the convenience store at 3 a.m. When we get into Pink Motel, that is a that's when we get into uh, the dirty stuff. And, <laughs> and, and that's when we get, yeah, that's when it gets good. We imagine, uh, <laughs> you know, dropping into a very sleazy sex motel in the middle of the night somewhere. Well, the Comac Motor Inn, the which Co is a real place. I don't know if it still exists, but it could be the Comac Motor Inn. It, it could be, um, the just married motel somewhere <laughs> on some interstate. And it's the experience of having sleazy sex in a rundown cheap motel and the soundtrack that would be playing in the background. Let's also not forget the cheap champagne. Champagne. Well, they don't make champagne anymore. So the equivalent to champagne, um, but the cheap champagne that would accompany this. You're getting or or even some Carlo Rossi. Yeah, you you're get, you're getting I mean... sauced on some really cheap, awful wine or or champagne, and uh, you're experiencing. You're probably ha maybe having anal sex for the first time uh, with your with your <laughs> wife in uh, in this sleepy <laughs> motel, and this is the music that uh, is playing in the background. To your future wife. <laughs> Or um, not, if, if, it, if it's wrong. Or a prostitute. <laughs> it, could, it could be a prostitute experience. It could be future ex-wife. It can be, yeah, right? <laughs> it can be whatever you want your motel experience Yeah, it's a to total fantasy. It's like, it's like sleazy sex fantasy music in a cheap motel. <laughs> and that's really what it, this is all about. Um, there are actually other connected micro-genres attached to this entire movement, like... Um, off-gassing VHS box, which I don't, you know, is, is not, which is music that would be playing in your mom and pop video store in a strip mall in the mid '80s. If you remember those, uh, mm -hmm. if you went into those, uh, like I did, uh, they would have this enormous catalog of really awful movies that never got released. They were like straight to video or TV movies, and the uh, the video boxes that they made back then were so cheap that the plastic on them would literally off gas like there was so many of them the accumulation of the vhs boxes uh would just off gas so that the whole store would smell like off gassing pl plastic vhs <laughs> boxes and it sort of put you in this altered state of consciousness sort of like sniffing glue <laughs> Uh, this is music to accompany a, a video store experience. It's sort of like Night, mo um, night Bus in that it, it's a combination of this sort of smooth electronic jazz and vocal pop music. Anyway, that's really what, what this movement is all about. Um, it's, it's vaguely connected to the Vaporwave thing and um dead mall and all those other 
subgenres. And he also came up with Soul Travel Disco. Oh yeah, Soul Travel Disco. Which uh, we're still working on. Right, Soul Travel Disco. <laughs> well, because you, you've heard of Space Disco, right? Like all that. And Italo Space yeah. Disco. Italo Space Disco. So this is uh, disco music that reflected astral travel, much like Night Walk and Night Ride, except there wasn't disco music on those shows. So yeah, that's what this is all about. The artists that are played are mostly just nobodies who either were doing it themselves or they got picked up by a very cheap label that thought maybe they could make a single and make a few bucks. But um, none- or or some have been reissued. Like there's about four labels. But other than outside of those four labels, uh, not too much. <laughs> well, and as, yeah. I, as I was looking at some of these, and I was kind of on Discogs or whatever and looking at how much they cost, it went from literally pennies to like <laughs> hundreds of dollars. <laughs> really? Yeah. There are some that were $150, $200. Well, I think, yeah, I think there's <clears throat> been a, a lot of renewed interest in this stuff as of late with with the parasite collector well especially with boogie music um boogie music is really big right now boogie vaporwave all that stuff can y'all talk about dead mall because what exactly is dead mall i've actually worked in a dead mall i remember years ago i worked in a virgin mega store and it was pretty much a dead mall (laughs) um a mall can still be open but you know still be a dead mall as you know but um dead mall is things like i don't know i'm trying to think off the top of my head like soft rock you know remember that song um cool night i forget who does it it's gonna be a cool night but things like that dead mall has that echo because over the speakers it kind of has that eerie echo Uh that permeates yeah uh, everything uh that is played in dead mall has has reverb like heavy reverb gotcha. reverb as if it's going through a very cheap uh pa system in a in a mall with bad acoustics in like harrisburg pennsylvania <laughs> and a, a lot of this stuff is kind of p- private press stuff it's either private press or kind of shitty labels is that mostly what it is yeah like for instance um one of the guys i sent you on uh pink motel is named el green el aka elmo green (laughs) and he pressed his own record and it's on elmo productions (laughs) it's one of the sexiest songs by a man named elmo Man, oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> I know. That's what, I thought the same thing too. <laughs> There's also uh, some of them made their own music videos, but they were very low production, mm-hmm. low low production value, low budget music videos that they basically made themselves with, I guess, like camcorders or very cheap video equipment, not like what we were watching on MTV in the 1980s, and they also capture that low budget sleazy surreal quality which you also see in a lot of porn of that era middle 80s uh shot on video porn and i think two people who should be mentioned 
um, that have videos out there if if anyone's interested. A man named Jeff Phelps, who I've included on two playlists, uh, Night Bus and Pink Motel. He has a video. Totally, his whole record, Magnetic Eyes, was made in his basement. And he recruited some teenage girl to sing on a couple of tracks. And then the other man used to be a Northern soul singer and then decided to venture into the boogie genre in the eighties. And he's Rochelle Anderson and he sings wild dreams. And the video is amazing. The video for wild dreams is literally a wild dream. <laughs> <laughs> There are some really great old music videos I've noticed from the 1980s, and this is one of them. There is this like silent desperation because he's having these wild dreams. He, he's, he's dreaming he's like a he's a hot shot in like a sleazy nightclub, but he's really a nobody. There's just this desperation, this sleazy, sad desperation about it. One of the lines in the chorus is, nothing but blue skies hiding my white lies. Blue skies, white lies. (laughs) I guess that's like a cocaine reference or lies? Well, it it could be, but he's, I mean, he's basically just... There is a lot of recreational drug stuff going on with this music you you can just sort of feel the mirrors and the lines and the dollar bills being rolled up (laughs) on all all of the songs there's this like sheen of this desperation for fame that is sort of like empowered by the synth you know when you have a synth you can make the same sounds as all the all the people on that you listen to but also the the there's also this kind of recognition that like, yeah, I may have the synth, but I don't, I, I'm not Prince. Well, the thing yeah. is, is that they're cheap synths. Right. And they're, they're using a lot of the built-in pads that came with those synths at the time that were just ubiquitous in a lot of these records. And there's just like a heavy use of the synth pads. And that's just sort of like a signifier that they have very little to go with. But it still sounds great in retrospect. Well, I mean, why do you think there's like kind of this renewed interest? Because you talked about those reissue labels, but it it does seem like we all of a sudden want this this softness, the smoothness to our lives that we didn't want, you know, 10 years ago. I think that things like the Pink Motel experience... (laughs) Or, or the late night grocery run experience, they just don't exist anymore. Hmm. And when we listen to this music and we watch something like uh, Night Ride and Night Walk, we are looking at a period of history that just doesn't exist anymore. This sort of mysterious, sleazy world that uh, this country once was, or certain, certain cities always had like these sleazy 
areas that you could go into and get lost in and have an experience that doesn't really happen anymore. And so the music really reflects a certain period of time, a certain state of mind, and a certain energy that just doesn't, it just doesn't exist anymore. And for instance, like yacht rock is having a renaissance. Re- renaissance might be a strong word. <laughs> <laughs> well, sure. I mean, there are a lot of compilations. Mm-hmm. And when I go on Mixcloud, I see a ton of yacht rock or AOR slash yacht rock compilations, uh, mixes, things like that. Well, yeah. And and that's the same thing. It's this sort of weird nostalgia for sort of like a time. Uh, yacht rock in particular is, is sort of endemic of West Coast, like freewheeling middle 70s West Coast experience of going on a yacht with a bunch of porn stars and doing a bunch of coke and getting your rocks off with night bus and attention and uh, late night grocery and pink motel. It's a more of a low rent ex- uh, experience, but the same period. Well, I was even thinking, and we, we talked about this last time is like, you know, city pop is having a moment too, where all these yep. labels oh, are putting yeah. city pop and you know, it's like, the way I was when it, when when y'all first sent the mixes, was, if city pop is this the sushi this delicacy, then this music is like the American version of like gas station hot dogs. You know that yeah, just, it's the everywhere. The rolling on, on the rollers, right? Or, yeah. Or like you know the the Korean deli buffet or, that's <laughs> been sitting out on the hot plate for like or Seven Eleven nachos. Yeah. yeah. Or, you know, dollar a scoop. It, you know what's amazing with City Pop? I've always been into digging and things like that because I have a I, I grew up with a lot of hip hop and I liked sampling and things like that. And about like eight years ago, you'd go if you found a track on YouTube, every all the comments were in Japanese. And now all these videos have like 1.5 million views <laughs> and thousands of comments i had no idea it took off the way it did oh it's crazy yeah and it's over this song plastic love i believe which i'm not sure where that first started Yeah. And I think, again, uh, same thing. This is endemic of a dormant energy that doesn't exist in, in our reality anymore. And uh, when when we listen to this music and see the videos and whatever, it's like we're transported into another world. That's that's how I see it. It's like smelling something you were you smelled when you were in elementary school and it takes you right back. Well, yeah, I mean that's what that's why the 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 VHS off gas box <laughs> it has an olfactory element to it. But it seems like a lot of the the kids that are listening to this have I mean they they didn't get that first wave of this neon sheen to life that was that No, but I think they can sense that there was something there. Mm. I I you know the same way like when we see movies about like the 1920, the roaring twenties yeah, or whatever, that's you true. know? Yeah. 
What's the community like for the subgenres? Because I know that there are there is like a vaporwave subreddit, but where is it YouTube or is it on other forums that you find other people that are making these playlists and finding these songs that fit perfectly within that style? Yeah, I mean, I think it's scattered all throughout the internet, whether it's Mixcloud or YouTube or just, you know, collectors who are going nuts over these extremely limited edition singles. There's nothing, I mean, yeah, there's a few subreddits out there, but Mm -hmm. there is no real centralized hangout group for those that celebrate late night grocery run. It's just, <laughs> it's it's just a uh, kind of a fucking world. Is it? <laughs> the strange thing is that they don't even know that these genres exist. They just know uh, that this is in, uh, really good. Well, Dead Mall they know of, and yeah. and people make playlists for Dead Mall. But um, my playlist for Late Night Grocery Run is are it's a little bit different because um, Dead Mall is an entirely different experience than going for a Late Night Grocery Run. Yeah, you know. So what, yes. these are basically emergent micro genres. They are okay. still in formation. How many of these have you been able to collect on vinyl or how do you go about getting them? Well, I think we've mostly just found them on other people's playlists online. I I mean, I can't really collect vinyl anymore. I just don't have the funds for that. So mm-hmm. everything that I should look for, even on my mind control show, is just the Internet. It's all Internet, mostly Internet based. I do buy some records, but... With this stuff, it's mostly just, you know, strange stuff that we found on other people's playlists. I can't even tell you how many, how much hopping around YouTube I've done. But also, I've also gone to places like Ear Cave Records, which is, they sell rare records of the boogie, um, African bubblegum nature, like, like all things like that. Okay. I'll go on that website and see like what's what's new on there and I'll go from there and use them or I'll go on Boomcat and see what's been reissued. I'll look at different labels and what they've been reissuing. Um, I'll, I'll look at people like people who are uploading things I like, like good crate diggers. I'll look around and anything that sounds really low rent and sleazy creating a, a micro genre and finding these these especially with experiential music that has kind of a unspoken purpose is fascinating to me like joe and i were kind of talking about this what's a genre of music that we've kind of created or d- discovered or, or put together and what what were you saying joe what was it called sitting in a euro shop while you're waiting for your bar to open, like across the street from a bar that's opening, listening to the Tuesday music. Tuesday morning bar music. So, oh, yeah. wow. I, I can identify with that. Okay. <laughs> Whatever's playing in that store that you don't want to have to be buying lunch or breakfast in, but. That is beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're, you're eager to get on with wasting your day. You're, you're wasting time yeah. so you can waste time. So Exactly. But, yeah. you know, and we tried to talk about some of the songs and what would kind of fit in that and stuff like that. But what did you, what, like, like what's an example of, could you give me an example? Yeah. So we talked about 
songs by popular artists that you would never hear in a bar or in a restaurant. So we talked about like the Steely Dan country song with a gun or Yoko Ono's Dogtown. Stuff that is by artists you know but or not played for whatever reason. Donna Fargo's Happiest Girl in the Whole USA yeah. could fit at times into that. Stuff that is just inappropriate to listen to in the morning <laughs> while sober. Right. Yeah. It's, it's sort of like mixtape culture and internet culture and record collector culture. Yeah. Yep. Banging up against each other. And then we got all this music that kind of sounds alike and it has a moment, but we need to we need to put it together somehow. I think the first time this happened was about 20 years ago. Someone came up with the term Space Age Bachelor Pad. Mm-hmm. And that became a huge thing in the in the mid-90s, like all those Moog records. There was like an Esquivel yes. uh, comp called that, and Stereolab had something like that. Yeah, and then, and then Stereolab put out a Space Age pa- Bachelor Pad. But I think that was all started... On FMU, I think that was like Erwin Schusid's term that he just made up. And then it just sort of caught on and it became like this whole retro culture. But no, but like now nobody uses that term anymore. Now it's just like exotica, exotica, lounge music. Lounge, exotica, yeah. lounge yeah. music. But I don't, I think that um, things like the, the night bus and uh, late night grocery run and pink motel. These are timeless micro genres that no one will really appreciate. No one appreciated <laughs> it back then. And probably no one will appreciate it in the near future that therefore they are timeless. And uh, the fact that they will never have their place in the sun means that they won't have this problem. <laughs> I like that there is no actual style associated with them either. It's really a feel or... Exactly, yes. It's an experiential sound. Experiential music. You got it. Yeah, yeah. That's just wonderful. Hard to find other genres like that that would work that way, really. Usually you try to break genres up into into so many tiny little things, but this is this is exactly what it is. Like you just say the words and you should know what songs you're about to hear or what they should feel like. Exactly. Yeah. Spot on. Like experimenting with anal sex for the first time in a pink motel. Yeah. I know exactly what that feels like. (laughs) (laughs) So want to go ahead and kind of go through some of these, these songs and we'll play a clip of them and, and talk a little bit about some of some of the essential tracks as they were. Yeah. People across America, from New York to LA. Grandpa, I'm coming to see you. They're leaving their cars at home. America is discovering the comfort and convenience of Greyhound. So the first song is Intrigue, Call of the Heart. Who can resist the call of the heart? 
what I did with the playlist was Intrigue was the first song on my on my set list on WFMU. And I wanted to start it off on a more like upbeat note. So it's a little bit more upbeat than the more ambient stuff later on. Because it's like when you first board the bus at night and everyone else is still on and you got a little energy. So that was my intrigue contribution. Other than that, I don't know too much about them other than I like the song. <laughs> so the next song is Visions of Estonia by Yuka Cut. Yes. <laughs> Potential Unlimited label is a great label. Um, I recommend it to listeners. Um, they've been reissuing a lot of stuff. I, I tend to go to them a lot. Um, I listen to a lot of their material. They've been releasing stuff like this, a lot of boogie music, uh, some uh, minimal house music. But um, Ukukuta actually made this in the 80s was in his home studio he has a mother who's also a musician who's also on the ppu level label and you'll have to forgive me because i forget her name i think it's marilyn Mara jacoot but she goes yeah, but yes. she goes by marin e coot <laughs> like wiley e coyote yeah so she's also a musician too and also has had releases on ppu but visions of estonia is probably one of my favorite tracks on night bus um it just puts me right on that trailways or greyhound you know yeah i love that song and i I was looking him up a little bit and the crazy thing is that he works so much with his his mom who is i guess a pretty famous jazz singer wherever in the former soviet union or wherever she was from yeah their background is really fascinating but can you think of any like sons who would write disco music suggestive (laughs) disco music for their mom no i mean if i had had kids (laughs) i guess i would make them (laughs) (laughs) serge gainsburg maybe yeah he's an interesting story i love that track All right, Joan Biblioni with Migas. another label that makes uh, an appearance a couple of times on night bus it's on the music from memory label they they have like a wide variety of releases like a, a lot of it's ambient some of it electronic there's a little bit of j-pop electronic I don't know too much about him, but apparently, you know, he's played with Larry Coriel, who I know, Celia Cruz, John Cage. That was in the second part, 
later on in the playlist when I was going more for the ambient, like like more relaxing part of the night bus flow when other people are sleeping but you're still awake. I think out of the, the three micro genres, night bus is definitely the most kind of like ambient. You forget what time it is. I made a CD. Yeah, you can lose yourself. Yeah, and I was listening to it. And like a blackout. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> 45 minutes later. I don't know if it was, you know, three songs or 13. Okay. This probably is my favorite title of a track. Bumpin' on Sunset by Leon Lohman. With this Leon Lohman album, which is another Music from Memory reissue, um, which was released in the late 80s, I believe, listeners should check out his album um, on Music from Memory, Liquid Diamonds. And I I had to choose between two tracks, but I chose Bumpin' on Sunset because I just like the way it built up because you, you hear how it builds up really slowly. And then it just, it just sets a really good tone for the ride on the bus. He released his own stuff and a cassette um, and music for memories, uh, bringing his stuff back. So I'm happy about that. I like that. One of his uh, <laughs> albums was called syntheses. Yeah. Yes. I like that one a lot. Yes. <laughs> The next track you guys have listed is was actually one of my favorites, the Masaki Omura, A Touch of Temptation. I like that one a lot. That's a great track. about this person it's one of these tracks that i stumbled upon um because i I mean i like a lot of japanese jazz and electronic and things like that and i just kind of found this while i was playing playlist i noticed next that you put the moon b and that's also one of my favorite tracks on on the night bus is it modern yes it's modern another PPU release and that's like the kind of minimal house that I was talking about because it's not like you know like people people think house music they think a certain sound um moon b does this like really minimal house kind of music and that was one of my 
favorite tracks. In fact, that was an essential track I sent you because I just felt like, again, that embodied the entire night bus experience. Like that would be in my head playing if I were on a trailways. <laughs> I'm not promoting trailways, by the way. I have no preference. Greyhound, trailways, whatever. The next one, Dwight Sykes, I thought was really awesome too. I recommend listening to all of the album because the whole album is fun and interesting and great. And I, I can't get enough of Dwight Sykes. The moment I heard him, I wanted to hear it all. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Welcome to Kmart. We're glad you're here. At Kmart, our associates are dedicated to serving you. If you need assistance or just have a question, our associates will be glad to help you anytime. And as always, thank you for shopping Kmart can't hide love uh, i think it's originally an earth wind and fire song and it's been covered by a couple of people but i chose the jp morgan one just because i found it hilarious that jp morgan was doing can't hide love this is actually the start of the late night kmart run fit in with the aesthetic of the late night grocery run um and just how she's like singing it because you know because it's an earth wind and fire song and she's singing it like she's got that like funk soul you know this is um another label that's made um appearances on um mixes i've made called aloha got soul um, I'm not sure how it ties into JP Morgan if she has Hawaiian roots, but they typically reissue things that are Hawaiian. I don't know anything about her her roots. I do know that she is completely devoid of soul and funk. Yes, yeah, which is why I found it funny that she was doing an Earth, Wind, and Fire song. <laughs> More Earth, less Wind and Fire. Or all Wind. Oh, yes, just, 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 the, just the wind. So this next one, it has 10 million views on YouTube. 10 million. That's probably because of Dead Mall. It's the Swiss duo called Double. And it's the song is Captain of Her Heart. Of 
I'm glad you included this on there. As I was going through the YouTube, I saw a, a post, which we don't normally just put post in, but this one just really spoke to me. It said, my closest friend Roy died in San Francisco in 86. We had a great service for him, a chartered yacht on the bay as we approached Angel Island to spread his ashes. We played his favorite piece of music. <laughs> yacht funeral music. <laughs> wow. When I think double, I'm thinking like, I mean, not only like late Mark Kmart run, but when it came out in the 80s, it was like this like 80s decadence. And it has like that kind of soft 80s decadence feel of people driving Jaguars and things like that. And once uh, once again, like Coke mirrors and things like Mm -hmm. that. (laughs) Like, And I can see why they chartered a yacht. I mean, it totally fits. Yeah, if you're going to go. You know, that's the way to go. Okay, the next one I put in just so I could uh, say to Joe that we should maybe make this the theme of our show. It's Hi-Fi Heart by Flory Palmer. My man. That's a fantastic song. Fantastic song. I love that so much. The production on it's great. Apparently she was a writer um, and she wrote nine to five. So she's living off those royalties. But nine to five? Yeah, Sheena Easton. My baby takes the morning. But uh, Hi-Fi Heart is so good. It's like, why wasn't she doing more? I mean, she, she wrote songs for... Abba or, or Agnetha from Abba, I should say. Manfred Mann's Earth Band. But she, she, I guess she, uh, she was more of a songwriter than performer. But Hi-Fi Heart is fantastic. I love. I, I, I just thought it was dreamy, and it took me to another place, and it. I could imagine browsing with my basket in my, you know, <laughs> on my elbow, you know. Uh, with paper towels and Pringles. <laughs> That's like the perfect Kmart food because it has an infinite shelf life. All right. The next one is Rosemary Bailey with Feel Like Making Love. One piece of Muzak, I would consider that Muzak because that's like her on the organ. Mm-hmm. She, I actually, when I did research on her, she had a blog up. I don't know when it ended because it doesn't seem like it's updated, but she calls herself the first lady of the organ. <laughs> <laughs> but I have, I, I can't find any of her other covers. 
when when I listened to this, it really took me back to the music of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, <laughs> the real dainty piano. But it was as like Mr. Rogers was taking us on a field trip to a strip club or something. You know, it's it sort of like gritty. <laughs> but... That sounds like a blast. Yes. Wow. Yes. You should go. You should write to Rosemary Bailey and tell her that she'd probably be thrilled. Your music reminds me of going to a gentleman's club with Fred Rogers. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe a hand puppet. <laughs> Correct as usual, King Friday. <laughs> I, I like that song a lot. The next one, when I listened to it, uh, it's Matt Pimperell was sailing without a sail. I thought, this is Yacht Rock by somebody who's never even smelled the ocean. So he's from Chicago, I guess. And it's funny, if you go online, you can find a, an old vintage postcard of the restaurant he owned with his son. And the restaurant was known for singing waiters. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so you're probably right. He never smelled the actual ocean. <laughs> the Mike Lundy one, I really liked a lot. Uh, and it, immediately reminded me of the law and order theme song right when it starts oh, really? uh, yeah oh, yeah i thought that would be kind yeah. of a nice a nice mix going from a mike post to a mike lundy sort of like a it, it's as if twin peaks were made as a tv show but david lynch had never heard of it or had anything to do with it but they want to <laughs> capture that kind of vibe <laughs> Mike Lundy song. I recommend his album. I think it Rhythm of Life on, and that's another Aloha Got Soul release because Mike Lundy is from Hawaii. He's from Oahu, and the whole album is great. So I, I recommend this album highly. And Tropic Lightning was just it just struck a chord. I was like, yeah, this is something I could shop to. I found an interview. I think it was put out by the Aloha Got Soul. And in, in it is the producer talking to him about making that rhythm of life. And the producer said to him, let's try to give it a little Michael McDonald flair. And I thought that is like the best <laughs> advice anybody could give somebody in life. It's funny because I got a like a tinge of Michael McDonald from it. So I think there's a balm for that. <laughs> <laughs> 
The next one, June Millington, when right, when wrong is right. How did you find out about this one? I just stumbled upon someone on YouTube who happened to have good choices of deep digs. And I played their playlist and this song came up. And I said, this sounds like a late night grocery run song. And when I looked into her, she has this very long, prolific career and I mean, I've never heard her rock band Fanny, but apparently she was in Fanny, which was yeah. like inspiring to, you know, like Joan Dead. They were like a pretty big band, like one of the first, first all female bands, I think. Yeah, I, I knew of them. I've, I've just, I've never heard them. And so she's had this long, prolific career. And then th- this song is when she decided to go solo she worked with her sister a little in the 80s, but she decided to go solo. Um, she was a really big LGBTQ activist, feminist, very active. So, you know, she's definitely someone who I hate to say is somebody because everybody is somebody. Um, <laughs> Not necessarily. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. But yeah, she... Um, is definitely uh, one of the more popular people on here, along with, I guess, J.P. Morgan. All right. Let's check into the uh, pink motel, as it were. The Comac Motor Inn. Your fantasy getaway. The Red Room's heart-shaped waterbed. The Disco Room's flashing lights. Drift away in a giant round waterbed. Or just relax. In the love tub. For something excitingly different, come to the Comac Motor Inn. The Comac Motor Inn, your fantasy getaway. This is the best. Yeah, these are my favorites. I mean, all of these are great. The the Pink Motel is just... Yeah, it's my favorite. amazing place. It's my favorite. I think um, as I was listening to it, I was thinking... This is there's there, there's a sound here and and I came up with waterbed synths with magic finger rhythms you know where you put the coin in coin in where the bed shakes man it's smooth. Do you want to know what's funny? I don't know if I omitted it from the WFMU original cat uh from the original WFMU um show, but. I originally had a waterbed ad included. I had not I had not only a Champale ad and two Motor Lodge ads, but I had a waterbed ad because it reminded me of waterbeds, you know. In, in my experience, dr- drinking malt uh, champagne and then getting on a waterbed does not lead to good things. Yeah. No, no, no. Only disaster. I, I mean, unless you want it to happen. I mean, I don't know. I love being seasick while I'm making love. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's start with um, the at. We, we talked about him a little bit <laughs> being named Elmo. E.L. Green was Sexy Baby. Sure, the 
Elmo Green. Um, no information on this fellow except for um, it was released on Elmo Productions in, I think, uh, maybe 87 or so, something around there. And this was one of my top picks for Pink Motel because I just thought, again, it embodied the sound. He wanted to get with this girl. He was telling her sexy baby. He was trying to entice her, draw her in, you know, and that's like typically what, you know, I wanted Pink Motel, like the top picks to embody. Perfect. All right. And the next one, LJ Hamilton with my party. picked as one of my top ones um because um you know he's talking about his uh, there's like no information on this guy again apparently he had an album can't find any information on that i picked this because he talks all about having a party and you're invited and i imagined him having this party out of the pink motel Mm -hmm. And inviting everyone over, you know, uh, and and so that was that was why I included it on top of the list. Seems like he might have put flyers up about his party while he was on a late night grocery run. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> or like hand, handing them out in the parking lot. You know? Checking in at three. Yeah. <laughs> All right, this this is another candidate for best um, best song title. I have to spell it out though. Yeah, it's love high high with a Y. Yeah, high with a Y. And it, yeah, and it's, it's a different kind of high. It's like a um, Irish spelling. Yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nope. they're from they're from Canada, so it could be <laughs> could be some sort of thing like that. It's funny, I'm looking at the notes now and it says apparently not the same Dr. Michael Dean who released the seminal hypnotism record, self-hypnosis <laughs> record. <laughs> I, I double-checked that, that's accurate. I did not know that, that's great. It's always good to put the word seminal in a pink pink somewhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So for the, the next track by Red Davis, 2Ds, Love Doctor, this one is amazing. When we were listening to it today, I said that there's a line in it that I 
heard, and I just noticed for the first time today, because like I said, I haven't listened to this in years. And he says something along the lines of, don't look at me like I don't have my head screwed on straight. <laughs> I love Doctor. <laughs> He's a poet and a doctor. So, yeah. I mean, his head's screwed on straight. So yes, he is a legit poet. What about Yolette Stewart? I Want You was the name of that song. Don't want to be alone. Need to be cared for. By someone sweet and good. Go love me more and more. To me, it reminded me of, like, if Samantha Fox hadn't become sort of famous... She'd have a song right here too, right? Just oh right my in god, this. yeah, Samantha Fox. Oh my god, yeah. I I can totally see that because of the oohs and ahs yep. that are all throughout it. It's pure low budget sleaze. Exactly <laughs> what I wanted in my motel, you know, with the stain and the shag rug, you know, her, her like you know patting the bed. Come here, baby. You know, I just. I can't, I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> the next one is Much Too Much by Sass. behind sass and much too much had a song with this group called the system that was a hit called don't disturb this groove <laughs> and i actually loved that song it was like boogie meets new jack swing kind of i would say that's a perfect name for the pink motel what's what you put on at the outside of the door Exactly. Don't disturb this groove. Yeah, that that would be like the live, laugh, love of if you like rented a pink motel for a month, like that would be your plaque of don't disturb this groove. And apparently worked with Grandmaster Melly Mel. So um, sass is something. All right. Now this one is amazing. Yeah, this is TJ Hustler. Tell me why. Okay, so this is Preacher Man. I think Preacher Man was his street name, but then 
this album got reissued and he did another album with Luwaka Bop as Preacher Man. I'm not sure exactly why, but as TJ Hustler, he has a puppet and there is some kind of weird cosmic spiritual uh, subtext going on, but I don't know exactly what that is. <laughs> it's not explained. I've looked the whole album over. I've looked for liner notes, but there's nothing on it which would explain it. But universal philosophy in the age of individualism is supposedly a concept record based on this guy's self-styled spiritual cosmology, which I can't explain to you what, what it is. But it's just an incredible mm -hmm. record. Yeah, Tell Me Why is probably the best thing on it. But all the all the tracks are like, I don't know, 10, 11 minutes long. They all have that uh, motoric, cheap synthesizer sound going on where it sounds like you're about to be run over by a train. Driven by a marionette. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. So is TJ Hustler, is it both the name of the guy and the name of the puppet? Because that seems that would get like that would get confusing. It might be that Preacher Man is the guy and TJ Hustler is the puppet. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what it is. I think that's what it is. Okay. Preacher Man is the guy and TJ Hustler is the puppet. Puppet assisted outsider funk. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> okay there's this one track that is just out of control it's, it's out of control uh snow kiss me you fool like big cars and caviar and awesome diamond rings the only thing i can give to you is my love He's trying to sound like Prince and he's got a heavy reverb and it's just the most insane. Uh, Cacophonous. Yeah. Um, too you, much you, coke. You too can't, much something. You, going you on. can sometimes barely hear like what he's saying. Um, it's all over the place. And this one I found um, by browsing Ear Cave. And I think the record itself was going for like $300. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I and now that I heard the track on YouTube, I was like, wow, people are going to pay $300 for that. I, I mean, hey, you know, uh, uh, hey, that's cool. You know, I mean, I, I, I think it's a fun track but $300 worth not so much <laughs> I mean this has been awesome <laughs> thank you guys for for taking some time to talk to us about it we just appreciate it and it was, it's it's awesome it's unlike anything I've experienced before which is perfect yeah thank you for <laughs> indulging us in in our weird playlist lifestyle thank you, giving, thank you for giving our babies some life you know <laughs> oh yeah yeah <laughs> Working hard all day. Come on, baby, come on out and play. Why don't you come over here and spend some time? We'll have a cool champagne. Just you and I. Oh, it's been a hard day, but it's gonna be a good night. Oh, the champagne's sparkling, 
The truth about nostalgia is that it doesn't concern itself with the quality of what's being remembered. By its very nature, nostalgic music hasn't stood the test of time. Rather, it's already reached its peak and faded away. However, that aspect matters none to the listener who is only focused on the meaning to themselves, their memories, their taste, their story. There is no best era of music, just as there is no best type of music. Filtered through personal perceptions, what is left is simply what resonates. These microgenres capture moments perfect for reminiscing that provide strong emotional ties while still making light of the silliness that the music ever mattered to someone at all. A balancing act for certain, but one with a rewarding experience. Of all of the ones that Candace and Micah played, and that we've heard on our own, are there any that you would seek out to purchase on vinyl? That Yuka Koot, The Visions of Estonia. Okay. I really like that. I really like the um, <laughs> the Preacher Man and, and uh, TJ Hustler. That's... I think that would be a fun one. I like the music, and I think it'd just be a fun record to have. What about you? The Preacher Man. That's the only one, and I really think it's just because of how odd it is. It'd be kind of a novelty buy. Yeah, really, the the mixes that, that Candace made are probably about all I'd ever need. I will say that I, um, I was jamming some of them earlier on my speakers in my house, and both my kids absolutely love them. Like, they both started bopping along. My daughter, who's 10 and just just doesn't like any music I play, thought it was great. So <laughs> maybe I just missed the the generation for that. But it's a great listening experience. But it's kind of fun to think that, you know, kids who've never heard anything like this, like they're hearing this music for the first time. They have no idea of the nostalgic value. They still think it was great. I do think the mixes that are made are amazing. And I will play them often. Yeah, they're a lot but of the fun. In the individual songs are kind of hard to sit through. It's not a music to be necessarily focused on. It's a music to have other experiences too. It's a mood-setting music. It's really something that you should experience with other people, which Pink Motel, obviously, that's what you would be doing. But I think it's a good thing to give these mixes to other people when you're making them and talk about them. That's how they are best experienced, I think. Absolutely. And we've been doing some stuff on Spotify, so we're going to put up a condensed version of what we can find of, of the mixes onto, onto that. Just a lot of fun. Great, great thing to have playing. I can't believe some of it was ever made. Yeah. The dams burst open in the 80s as far as who made music and what the music should sound like. Are you ready to play some songs? Let's do it. I'll never be a girl, you'll never be a All right, my first song is by a guy named Lewis, and it's called I Thought the World of You.
I Thought the World of You by uh, a cat named Lewis, and it was off his album La Amour, which was 1983 on a private press label called R.A.W., but it got real big recently as it was reissued by Light in the Attic in, I think, 2014. So part of the greatness of this song and this album is the mystery behind it, and I felt like the vibe really fit with, with our theme of our show. It's real synthy and breathy, but not a lot is known about the guy. There's there's different stories that are out there. They say his name's Randall Wolf. His real name's not Lewis. It's actually Randall Wolf, and he was a Canadian guy who cut this private press record. He might have been a stockbroker, and then he might have gone on to do religious albums. There's different articles about tracking him down, and nobody's really got the whole story pinned down. Um there's a pretty great article about the cover photo. The photographer of the cover photo was hired, and it was like a $300 gig, and he went to this apartment, and everybody was dressed in white, and he had a model girlfriend and fancy car, and so he wrote a check, and the guy took the check to the bank, and it bounced, and went, by the time he got back, he was gone. <laughs> <You> know, so <laughs> it's just, just a lot of fun, mysterious stuff. The song itself is truly haunting and beautiful, but it definitely has that kind of early 80s vibe. So I thought it fit perfect, and the whole album's really great and strange. So check it out. Really cool record. Okay, my first song for this episode is going to be by Jonathan Richmond, and it's called That Summer Feeling. Folks, what less things to do 
Not because you gotta When you run for love Not because you oughta When you trust your friends With no reason nada This joy I've named Shall not be tamed That summer feeling's gonna haunt you The rest of your summer life When the cool of the pond makes you drop down on it When the smell of the lawn makes you flop down on it When the teenage car gets the cop down on it That time is here for one more year That summer feeling's gonna haunt you the rest of your life Summer feeling, dip-dip summer feeling, dip-dip summer if you've forgotten what I'm naming You're gonna long to reclaim it one day You see that summer feeling's gonna haunt you The rest of your summer life feeling, dip, dip, summer feeling. But if you wait until you're older A sad resentment will smolder one day And then this summer Feeling will come haunt you Then that summer feeling will come taunt you That summer feeling will hurt you Later in your life I speak of summer feeling When the playground that just was all dirt Comes haunting And someone who called you a flirt Comes taunting. It's not that these things alone were appealing. What I'm now revealing is a certain feeling. That summer feeling's gonna haunt you the rest of your life. What time? Well, just me. When the Oldsmobile has got the top down on it. When the cattle moran has got the drop down on it. When the flat of the land has got the crop down on it. What I now proclaim is sort of hard to name. But that summer feeling's gonna haunt you the rest of your life. Starts looking good, which you hated. And first grade's looking good too, overrated. And you boys long for some little girl that you dated. Do you long for her or the way you were? That summer feeling's gonna haunt you the rest of your life. That feeling's gonna haunt you. That feeling's gonna haunt you, yeah. That summer feeling, that summer feeling, that summer feeling, that summer feeling. All right, that was Jonathan Richmond with That Summer Feeling. This is the version from the album Jonathan Sings. So recently, there was a reissue of an album of his called I, Jonathan, and that was originally released in 1992, and Kraft Records just put it out. And I know Ryan and I each got a copy of it. And on that, there is a version of That Summer Feeling, uh, which when I was listening to that album, which is amazing, 
I went back and I had to hear the Jonathan Sings version because that is my favorite. Basically, Jonathan Richmond in 1979, uh, he released an album called Back in Your Life, which I consider to be his finest solo yeah, album. that's a great one. Uh, this album followed that one in 1983, and I, it's a close second. I chose this song and specifically even really this album because it's one of the most uplifting albums I know of. And I think it does relate to those micro genres we were discussing earlier. It's hmm. effervescent and joyous, and it has like this purity to it that comes across at first as if it's sort of naive. But every time you listen to it, you gain more and more, and you realize it's a, there's a lot more depth in it. It's a wondrous kind of nostalgia record that's the opposite of Night Bus. The songs on this record capture the memories that you want to have. The memories aren't all positive. They can both haunt you and taunt you, like it says in the songs, but they can also bring back the joys of a simpler, easier time. This song doesn't only make one feel nostalgic. Its lyrics are the very definition of nostalgia. So I think it takes it a lot further, and it's just a pure, sweet song. His music makes me nostalgic for a place I've never been, like this New England utopia of changing leaves and old houses and and just pure joy, like you said, just mm-hmm. just comfort. And and I get that comfort when I when I listen to him. He, there's not many artists that I feel that comfortable with. Like <laughs> it's like an old friend. Hey Ryan, Jonathan, <laughs> <laughs> thanks for listening. <laughs> My next song is by a band called Omega, and the title of the song is Gyeonggahaju Lani.
All right, that was Omega with the song called, and I, I don't know if I can do this twice, Gyangahajulani. It's a Hungarian band, Hungarian sort of prog rock psych band. The title, when translated, means pearly-haired girl or the girl with the pearls in her hair. It's from their 1969 album, 10,000 Lepus, which translates to 10,000 Steps. So they were a Hungarian band formed in 1962, and they were actually incredibly successful in Europe, which is really impressive because they were behind the Iron Curtain. Really hard to get music out. They actually released both an English and German version of this song, so they put out a few different singles of it. It was really popular. The song was even sampled by Kanye West, without permission, so the songwriter sued him for $2.5 million. I don't know how much wow. he ended up getting, but man... Yeah, he did not ask for any permission for that. The one thing I didn't realize, and it's just probably because I've never been a fan, the Scorpions covered it in 1994, but changed the title to White Dove, and it was a pretty big hit. It got up to 18 in Germany and 20 in Switzerland, and there was even a musical made in Hungary about this song. It's huge. Really? And yeah. It's a song, I was telling Ryan this earlier, I can't play it once. It's like eating a single piece of popcorn or eating a single potato chip. I have to listen to it multiple <laughs> times. I cannot get it out of my head, and I don't want it out of my head. I love it. It's 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 addictive for sure. Yeah. So did the uh, Scorpions change the word words, or was it the uh, American government, the CIA? They changed they changed the words quite a bit. But it still has that same kind of lilt to it. It has the same sounding music to it. It has been sampled by other bands um, all around the world. But I think everybody else asked them first. I had never heard this song until about two years ago when I found a Mississippi Records cassette compilation and it was on there. So I had to figure out what it was. And it took me almost two years to find a copy of it. It's They made a lot of them. But you cannot get them, or I did not see any at all in the U.S. So I had to actually order a copy from Hungary. So the record itself was less than $10, but the shipping was probably twice that or so. So it was it ended up being expensive, but only because of shipping. The last song, I'm going to play Jack Adkins with American Sunset.
watch the sun go down. We're lured to the west as our home goes around to watch our giver of life drown in the sea with melancholy finality. The ocean, plains, mountain, snow-capped purity. But it's going to go down somewhere in America for all to see. Sunset with freedom and its awesome beauty. with American Sunset. It is off his album American Sunset, 1984, on Boink Records. I have it on one of the uh, Numero Cabinet of Curiosity series comps um, that came out in, I think, last year, 2019, called Planisphere, which is really cool. It's like got an astronomical planisphere on a picture disc where you can actually take it out and chart the stars, so to speak. <laughs> so... Um, <laughs> Anyways, it's a it's a cool comp. This song I'd heard before somewhere along the lines. I think we might have mentioned it on the Cosmic Country, but it's funny that you played Jonathan Richmond because I think this song has a little bit of that Jonathan Richmond feel in that it's somebody who probably listened to a lot of Lou Reed and kind of did the whole talking singing thing. The sound isn't really Jonathan Richmond, but I think of the way he he delivers some of his lyrics can kind of, you know, echo that, that purity. So Jack Adkins was at one point uh, known as Jam and Jack, the one man band. And he would just go through different restaurants and malls, usually during, near military bases from, you know, 83 to 93, mostly playing for like 
corporate events and stuff like that. He'd done some music in the 60s. He'd done some garage band singles and stuff. He basically just was a troubadour type guy. And eventually he was in Houston and wanted to to make a record. Uh, so he did a private press and he would sell them off the, you know, after performing. And it was just a really weird, cool song. I haven't heard much of the other album. I, I mostly just know this song, but it's a really peaceful song, I would say. And again, I thought it fit pretty well with the theme. He quit music and got into the computer world in the 90s, and he said that was fine with him. So anyways, real great song, Jack Adkins. I kind of cheated today by playing two songs off comps, but I think, felt like they went, worked well with the, uh, with the theme. All right, you want to finish up on some, this trivia? Yes, please. All right, I'm going to play the five clips again. Uh, remember, I'm looking for the name of the artist. Give me the song title if you can, and the overall theme. Here we go. Track one. Track two. Track three. Track four. And track five. Okay, Joe, what you got? Uh, okay. For number one, I recognize it sort of. It sounds like some kind of classic rock in a way. Uh, I do not know. I don't think there's any way I could name it. All right, that is the Edgar Winter Group with Frankenstein. Okay. They used to um, finish the laser shows at the planetarium with that. It didn't matter if it was like a Led Zeppelin show or Pink Floyd, they'd always play Frankenstein <laughs> at the end. It was the guy's favorite song or something. The Laserist. All right. Number two is Devo, but I don't remember the song title. Yep. Edit. Good job. You got Devo. It's the song That's Good. Number three, I don't know at all. Okay. That is Herbie Hancock with a song called Chameleon. Was that from that Headhunters? Yes, yes. Okay. So one of the first jazz CDs I got. All right. Number four, it's the one that I knew right away. Frankie Goes to Hollywood, Relax. That's correct. Good work. Okay. And number five, I think it's Morris Day in the Time, but I have no idea what the song would be. <laughs> It, it is more stay in the time, and it's fishnet. Okay, so I feel like I did pretty well uh, overall. I think, but yeah, you I did mean, great. I I wasn't. Um, I thought the songs would be kind of hard, but I thought maybe you could get most of the artists. You did pretty good. Okay, let's. And I'm trying to figure out by writing these down what the theme would be. So, Edgar Winter Frankenstein. That's good. Devo Chameleon. Herbie Hancock, I keep thinking Headhunters is the name of the band. Relax, Frankie Goes to Hollywood, Fishnet, Morris Day and the Time. 
Let me know if you need a hint. I I think I would like a hint. Okay. The hint ha- is it has to do with an instrument that they're all playing. So a synthesizer? Need you to be more specific. Is it um a gu- uh um a guitar? <laughs> there we go. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Thank you for the hint. That took me a minute. If you're a synthesizer player but you you're ready to get out in front of the crowd and rock out. <laughs> that's good that's right these are all songs that prominently feature um guitars <laughs> wow what a great quiz theme yeah. i love that in researching and i tried to work this in but i couldn't actually find proof that he'd actually played it on a song prince holds a patent he invented his own guitar <laughs> and it's really? like yeah it's ridiculous are there pictures of it online there's pictures of the patent that he holds. Here's what it was called. Purple Axe. Okay. With two X's. The uh, patent is expired if you want to uh, go ahead and make your own, but there's uh, detailed pictures online. Maybe I'll post one on the sh- show notes. That about does it for the trivia. Yeah. Got a couple people we want to say hi to and thank you. Um one is Sean. Sean reached out on Instagram, and he's under the handle Vinyl Librarian. He's got a really cool um, record collection just based on his Instagram pictures. Lots of, like, you know, hard rock, prog, garage rock, just, you know, record nerd stuff. Anyways, talked to him a little bit on Instagram. He's seemed like a really nice guy, and he, he enjoys the show. So want to say hi to him. And on Twitter, uh, somebody with the named Doyle, which really could apply to a few of you, maybe, is he sent a very nice message and he asked us about whether we could get some playlists out there of capturing the Turntable Talk music. And it inspired us to make a bunch of playlists, and we're working on those now. So we will put links to playlists that correspond with certain episodes, and we'll start posting those on Facebook and Twitter, so we have them for a few different shows. We're going to have one for this one, too. And speaking of Spotify, follow us on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. Our handle on Instagram and Twitter is Highway Hi-Fi Pod. Facebook, just search us out, find our page. And if you'd like to, you email us, Podcast at gmail.com. We appreciate any feedback we get, most of the feedback we get, unless you're a fan of Talk Talk then we don't appreciate that feedback. <laughs> but whatever. They're not listening at this point. No, they've already they've already kicked us out of their Facebook group. Yep, we have been banned. Uh, <laughs> and thank you again to Micah and Candace for hosting the Turntable Talk. They are absolutely wonderful people. We would love to work with them again and so that we could learn more they know an awful lot more about a lot of things than we do so thank you again both of you we also want to thank our podcast network pantheon for um, providing us a home and a whole neighborhood of great podcasts music podcasts to check us to check out so please uh go ahead and take a little walk take the night bus to the Kmart and go to the Pantheon aisle and uh, check out some other podcasts there. Yeah, it's a really wonderful community. They've been incredibly supportive. They let us do pretty much whatever we want. 
And yeah, everybody there that we've had any communication with has been absolutely wonderful. They have a lot yeah. of great podcasts that you should, everybody should check out if you like music, music history. And they're adding more, more specific ones, so... And everyone out there should please check out Micah's amazing radio show, Music of Mind Control, that airs every Tuesday from 6 to 7 Eastern. And you can stream it online at WFMU.org. All the shows are archived, so it is a limitless source of fascinatingly bonkers cult and mystical music. You can also find the original WFMU archive shows where Candace and Micah discuss Night Bus and Low Rent Grooves, the precursor for Pink Motel, and spin all kinds of deep cuts. We will post links to each of their shows in our show notes and on the website. As always, I'd like to uh, give a little plug to go out and spend some money on records. Go find somebody in Hungary that you can buy a record from and have them ship it to you, because I might be doing that very soon. And if they are hungry, send a pickle. (laughs) (laughs) Stupid. All right. Um... I think we do have some, I do think we have some hungry listeners. Oh, man. Hungarian listeners. Hear their tummies growling from here. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, we always want to plug that you should go out and spend some of your hard-earned cash on deserving people by buying some records from an independent record store, from artists, or cool labels. Just, just, uh, if you can... It's always a good thing to do. Still not seeing shows, so anything you can do to support artists through this tough time would be great. And um, we appreciate everybody who listens and reach out, as Joe said, and we'll see you next time. Progressive is America's number one motorcycle insurer, so we understand motorcycles. No, really, we have a bike translator. Okay, so this bike says she is struggling with her place in the motorcycle community. Well, she says she hasn't peaked yet, but she's having a little epiphany, okay. Oh, that maybe life itself is the peak. Hmm, interesting. In my experience, I found that... Oh, so I just translate. Not allowed to have opinions. Got it. Quote with Progressive and see if you could save with America's number one motorcycle insurer. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen. 
Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any fantasy points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that fantasy points has to offer. That's fantasypoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at fantasy points. Fantasypoints.com code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points. 